it's along with the movie's relatable and timely irreverence towards the dominant office life culture of the era would launch Office Space into cult status by the early 2000s. And somehow this film has seeped into our lives in ways that go far beyond the story's sharp wit, charming style, and memorable characters. So I told my co-host, um, yeah, I'm gonna need you to come in tomorrow so we can discuss this movie and we don't need 37 pieces of flair to do it. So today, we're dragging our asses into the office just to ask the question, Office Space, what's it about? I'm your host, Ricardo Blade Diaz. And I'm Seth Crow, And this is the What's It About Film Podcast, the show where two aspiring creatives aim to glean the meaning of it all through the media we consume, holding a mirror up to ourselves and seeing how it reflects in our own lives. Seth, how are we doing today? I'm all right, my man. I'm all right. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a semi-bachelor for the week, so... What? Uh, yeah, Sarah went out of town. She's in Mexico going to a wedding, and I'm on pet duty. So, you know, just going to be hitting that grindstone and and feeding the pets that's pretty much what i'm gonna be doing <laughs> so 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 and you guys got a lot of pets there right now yeah oh yeah well we have four in the house so two dogs two cats and they all have some not all of them but most of them have some sort of medical attention like inhalers and uh, antidepressants <laughs> my goodness <laughs> Yeah, well, you're on a little vet clinic over there yeah, in, in yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So, so uh, I'm looking forward to watching some movies this week. Yeah, man. We got a whole list. Uh, another little behind the scenes. Sometimes we like to do a little BTS uh, on the show before we get into our main topic. Um, Seth's going to be going out of the country soon. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to Europe. I'm going to go to uh, France, Germany, and yes. London. Yes, so we, over the l- last couple of weeks here, we've been uh, doubling up uh, our recordings of the podcast. So we've been doing, uh, this week we did two uh, films. Next week we're going to be doing two films back-to-back um, just to bank up some episodes to kind of get us through those t- those days when Seth's going to be out of the country um those couple of weeks uh so yeah we've been watching a lot of movies lately not just in our free time but for the yeah. for work this is work for, for work. work this is this work is work mom <laughs> we get paid pennies pennies but it's work <laughs> <laughs> however i was thinking about that yet i was thinking about that yesterday uh right before we filmed uh or recorded the uh in mm-hmm. bruges uh, I was like, man, I wish this was my job. And then I was waking up in this hotel to do this hour and a half recording. And that, and then I could just go back to the hotel. Like I had that much money that I was just like able to travel. That's the goal, Ricky. That's what we're, that's what we're shooting for here. That would be all right? amazing. To be able hey, everybody, to work everybody from listening anywhere. at home, call the action right now. Share this podcast if you enjoy yeah. us. Make us big. That way we can do more stuff. Like yeah. honestly, something I was thinking about exactly. the other day is like I know a lot of podcasts would do like special episodes, bonus content, and things like that. I was like, it'd be so cool for us to do like, you know, talk about different series, you know, things like that. But that takes a lot more time. So like it wouldn't be like yeah. something that we would do on a normal episode. It'd definitely be something we probably have to spend a couple of weeks watching and then an episode. I'm down to do that kind of stuff if it makes sense. You know what I mean? 
yeah, like a like a separate side. Like, what's it about Stranger exactly. Things? Exactly. It's like eight episodes. Exactly. Yeah. I would That'd love cool. to do that. So, like, yeah. if that sounds like a really fun thing to anybody out there that's listening to us, um, we would love to do that. And uh, in order to do that, we would just need to, you know, be a little bit bigger than we are now. So, again, always, like, if you really do enjoy us, like, please, like, listen. But then also, like, share it with other people. See if they would like it. You know, anybody that likes movies or likes to talk about just self-reflection and what movies make them feel. Um, I think this is a fun podcast for them. And, honestly, we love having guests on. So like if anybody out there is like wants to be a guest on our show, like reach out to us on our Instagram. And like, I bet we would love to bring on some like guests that are, that are listeners. You know what I mean? That'd be pretty cool. Maybe maybe we'll do like a sweepstakes to our seven, eight listeners. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Two of which are us. (laughs) Actually, I don't even know if you listen back to the episodes. Do you listen back to the episodes ever? I I don't. I, it depends. Like, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Let me let me let me explain. I try to be as honest as possible on this podcast, mm-hmm. you know, and I try to like express myself uh, as freely and openly as possible. But I'm actually very insecure about how I'm perceived by yeah. other people. So I don't really like to go back and listen because I I don't I don't want because I know I know that I can say things that can be you know, by some people considered uh, edgy or controversial or or I have opinions that are, you know, more centrist than left sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's like, uh, I don't want to l- listen back and go, oh, shouldn't have said that. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> like butter, house is made of butter. <laughs> yeah, well, that, you know, that's a good metaphor. That's a good metaphor if you... Understand. I literally edited the episode last night. It's already, it's already done and edited. <laughs> and the way you could hear yourself <laughs> judging yourself while you were talking about it was so funny. Because you, you immediately knew me and Megan were like, mm, okay, <laughs> what a weird visual. <laughs> like you couldn't have think of anything yeah. else other than a house made of butter and a magic knife. What about like, I don't know, like, a, a drill in a mountain. Like sometimes you can get through, you can chew through know. that earth, and sometimes you hit a pocket of metal, and you just can't get through that shit. You know. I've used that metaphor once before with someone else, and it worked. So <laughs> I just went with it. But yeah, so you know, I just try to keep this pure. I'm not saying I don't oh, ever no. listen, but I don't. I don't want to be self conscious. Mm-hmm. You know, while, while I can, speaking, no, dude, so I, I can already really understand that. Like, I have to listen back to him, and, yeah. and it, sometimes it can be because, like you said, sometimes we're we're just speaking very candidly, we're just speaking very honestly, and even like sometimes we're being very vulnerable at times, and it can feel yeah very hard to listen to yourself do that because in the moment it, it it is it comes out very organically and naturally, but then after the fact, you, when you like kind of like re like close those doors to like protect yourself, you hear you're like oh. Yeah. I wish I didn't share that or I wish I didn't say that or, you know, what have you. So I totally get it. Um, and it, it is, yeah. it is vulnerable. We're being very vulnerable on the show and in more ways than one. So like, I totally get that you, it's hard to listen to. I have to, unfortunately to edit the show, but. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm self-conscious as enough as it is. So it's like, I probably mm-hmm. shouldn't. Yeah. This is our yeah. workplace banter right now, guys. This is this is this is our yeah. like I said, this is our yeah. work, and so right now we're kind of just having office talk. Uh, but 
Speaking yes. of office talk, it's time for us to start to transition into our discussion of office space uh, and how it came to be. Uh, this film was written and directed by Mike Judge. Mike Judge, the genius mind and creator behind things like Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill, The Good Family, and Silicon Valley, as well as uh, writing and directing films such as Beavis and Butthead Do America, Idiocracy, Extract, and most recently, Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe, which just came out on Paramount Plus last month. So not too long ago, really only a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this entire film, Office Space, was based on a animated cartoon series of shorts that was also created uh, by Mike Judge. So Mike Judge is the, the literally driving mind behind this entire film and uh, behind everything that is related to this film. Uh, so this is the story of how this film came to be from its genesis until today. Office Space was originally based on a series of animated shorts called Milton, which was created and completely voiced by Mike Judge in the early 90s and aired on Saturday Night Live as well as MTV's Liquid Television. The Milton series revolves around Milton, inspired by an actual former co-worker of Judge's. Milton was a socially awkward office worker and the daily abuse he received from his corporate bosses. Much of the concept for the series came from Judge's own experience working as uh, a temp in Silicon Valley in the 80s. This short cartoon series was so popular, Peter Chernin, the head of 20th Century Fox at the time, wanted Judge to adapt the character of Milton into a full-length feature film. However, Judge was able to convince Fox to go for an ensemble-based film instead. Early table readings of the script were pretty rough. Judge was concerned that he may have overstepped his own capabilities as a creator, but executives at Fox reassured him that the film would work with the right cast in place. Initially, Fox wanted Judge to cast big-name actors for the film and even push for stars like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, who were fresh off their Oscar-winning turns in Goodwill Hunting. Judge would push back on that, instead finding a group of smaller, talented actors who had a great grasp of the material. David Herman would join to play Michael Bolton first after getting purposefully fired from Mad TV. Ron Livingston would come next after nailing his audition, and then Jennifer Aniston would come next to play the smaller role of Joanna as a way to appease the studio's need to have a star name in the film. The remaining players would fall into place, and production of the film started. The filming process was bogged down by several issues. The 100-degree heat of Austin, Texas made shooting outside difficult, not to mention the wildfires that would fill the sky with hazy white smoke, causing much of the shooting schedule to be rearranged. Early on in the process, studio execs became concerned that the film was being too depressing due to the dailies they were being shown. They thought Judge was blowing it and that the movie would fail. However... Judge pushed on, creating an atmosphere the way the actors were given a lot of freedom to play with their characters, leading to tons of improvised dialogue that would become some of the film's most iconic lines. However, the studio's fears continued to loom over the production as they objected to Judge's use of gangster rap throughout the film, which Judge once again had to fight to include. And luckily they did, as the soundtrack became one of the defining factors and characteristics of the film. The film's theatrical run wouldn't go much better. The studio didn't know how to market the film like Office Space. They tried to make it seem like a more slapstick comedy uh, that were popular at the time with its trailers and posters. Judge himself hated how this movie was being misrepresented and credits the Spotch marketing campaign for the film's eventual failure. The film was finally released in mid-February of 1999. 
And after a disappointing first couple of weeks in theaters, Fox would pull the film from three quarters of its screens. And by the end of March, the film had been completely pulled altogether. By the end of its theatrical run, Office Space only managed to gross $12 million on a $10 million budget, making it a box office failure. However, this little satire wasn't done yet. Those that did see the movie enjoyed its witty edge, relatable premise, and quotable characters. Celebrities like Jim Carrey, Chris Rock, and Madonna would reach out to Judge commending the film, and so word of mouth would spread. Soon, in 2001, Comedy Central would begin re-airing the film, drawing in millions of new viewers. The film would go on to gross $8 million on home release alone, which was more money than the film grossed domestically during its theatrical run. Thanks to word of mouth and its sudden cable TV popularity, Office Space would become a bona fide classic by the mid-2000s and remains in such esteem to this day. Luckily, that means Judge won't have to burn this place to the ground. That is the story of Office Space. Nice. Crazy. Nice. And, you know, uh, watching this this time, there's no way that the new series Severance has not been influenced by this movie. Like, there's so many little things in this movie that I'm like, whoa, Severance took this straight straight out of Office Space. I haven't seen Severance uh, yet, any of it. Uh, it's incredible. I've heard great things. Um, it's Office Space, but a uh, sci-fi drama. Ooh. And it is... Uh, maybe maybe the best show uh, in terms of philosophical um, philosophical ideas and philosophical questions mm. since uh, the first season of Westworld, which I think Ooh. is a masterpiece. So like it's it's awesome. Um, just be just be aware that at the end of the show you're going to be miserable because it's not like there's no season two yet. Okay. So it's uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you very much could be right. Like like. Office Space, like I said, has become a cult classic. Most people know it, uh, if not haven't seen it. Um, but even more so, like it, it, it has seeped into pop culture. I mean, you can think of tons of like TV shows and movies that reference Office Space. You know, specific characters, or even like you know the the scene where they're breaking the the printer. Uh, you know, like that. I, I can think yeah. of like Family Guy does like a parody of that. With you know, it's very very common. But not to mention. Um, so, like, a film like TGI Friday, a restaurant like TGI Fridays used to have this, like, you know, chain restaurant-y, like, flair type thing that they used to do. And Mike said that yeah. he was at he was at a TGI Fridays or something like that and noticed that they weren't wearing flair anymore. And when he asked them what happened, they, they said that the film Office Space caused people to make fun of them too much. So they literally corporate stopped <laughs> mandating it. That's awesome. So like, That's like awesome. literally, this film like had an effect on like actual culture, not just pop culture, in a lot of ways, which is so weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Mike Judge is a, a, an incredible writer. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I think he his like his takes on things are so satirically like sharp, mm-hmm. and you know, like Beavis and Butthead, so stupid, but there's so such smart mm-hmm. things in Beavis and Butthead. I mean. I mean, Hank Hill came out of, you know, Hank Hill came out of Beavis mm-hmm. and Butthead. So like, like, and then that, that whole show 
King of the Hill is like one of the greatest satirical cartoons mm-hmm. ever. You know, Bobby? like, <laughs> well, I mean, what's crazy about that show is it got past the rednecks. Like the rednecks think it's like <laughs> the rednecks don't know it's satire. Like that's what's brilliant about it. Like, like it's like when I was a kid, people watched King of the Hill that were rednecks and did not understand that they were being made made fun of you know because oh i grew up i grew up in a, in a similar mm-hmm. place so it's like and then when you get older and you're like whoa okay once you're old enough to understand the satire it's it's brilliant <laughs> it's great I mean, i've never seen idiocracy, oh my god it's one which, of my favorite which, films uh, i love it yeah i quote idiocracy almost all the time love that movie yeah, I've never seen it. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta watch. It's it. one of my favorite movies. I, I was actually just gonna bring it up. I think that movie. You know, when you talk about like satire, political satire, Idiocracy is hilarious, yeah. hilarious, and like was prophetic almost in a lot of its things that it like was saying, and then like where we were at, like not too, not too long ago, and kind of where we're at now. A bunch of, you know, with our political systems. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Mike Judge is a comedic genius in a lot of ways. Um. Uh, yeah, uh, crazy. This film, this film, I can't believe that in, in the late nineties and early two thousands, this type of film just was not popular. It was just not like in like the, like the norm. And so I can completely understand why a studio would be like, I don't know what to do with this thing, you know, but like you knew what you were yeah. getting at that time. Cause like that was Mike judges like full thing. You know what I mean? Like, when did Beavis and Butthead even come out? Like, I think Beavis and Butthead was in the 90s, yeah? Uh, 19, 1994, I think. I just heard this on a podcast, so. Yeah, so, like, like, um, like he, yeah, exactly. Okay, so, they had to have known what his style is at this point. Like, it's, like, not, like, yeah, it's it's not. It's not a Jim. It's not a right. Jim Carrey comedy. It's it's not. It's not American it's Pie. Not going to be Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Yeah. <laughs> not American Pie. It's not that. You know, it's not that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what did they think they would be? They would be getting. Um. I, I don't know. I, mean, I, I can understand how they would be like. How do we like sell this to a mass market? You know. And I. Well, I mean. It it was so prof- I mean, this movie's prophetic mm-hmm. too. I mean. Like where we're at in work culture now, yeah. you know, like, like people are over mm-hmm. it, man. Like there's a, I mean, there's an anti-work movement, yeah. you know, like Sarah's on the subreddit, <laughs> like she, and, and then like, especially right now, like there, there's this whole battle between bosses and employees as to whether or not they should have to come back mm-hmm. to the office, you know, because we don't really need offices anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really just to keep you in line. That's really the only reason to go to the office is so that people can watch mm-hmm. you work. Yeah, exert, you know, exert sure power you're... over you. Yeah. 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 Um, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, gosh, man. Yeah. You're totally right, though. Like, I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you to tell the audience what the movie is. That's exactly what I was gonna do. You know what? I was I, I read the memo. I had read the memo that I was supposed to do, and I'm, I'm gonna get right on that, and I'm already fixing it. So, uh, you know, yeah. So if you could just go ahead and 
do that. That'd be yeah, great. I, yeah, I'm already, I'm already, I'm already on it. Um, I don't need another copy of the memo. I, I, it's already, it's right here. Um, <laughs> let me go ahead and take care of that right now. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> so this is thanks, Seth. Uh, this is what the movie is. This is the log line. This is the plot. The general setup of what this movie is. After visiting a hypnotherapist, a disgruntled programmer for a boring tech company decides to start living life on his own terms, leading to happiness, love, and corporate fraud. That is office space. That is what it's about. No, that is what it is. Not what it's about. No, that is what it is. That is what it is. Not what it's about. Yeah. But it's time, Seth. So you picked office space. Speaking of which, why did you pick office space? Um, I honestly had heard on a podcast some things about idiocracy, mm. um, and I, I and it was like uh, Mike Judge was talking about idiocracy, and then mentioned Office Space, and I was like, "Oh, that's a good one! Like that's one I haven't seen in a long time," and and I just felt like it made sense. And and I always run my selections by Sarah usually, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I love that movie. Let's watch that." So if she's into like, because like I'll brainstorm a few movies. Because she's my video, she's my movie watching mm-hmm. partner. What are so. some of the rejected films? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. Uh, she doesn't reject many. She doesn't reject many films. I, I can't, I can't come that's, up with like, I because they're just out my head, out my head. Funny. Once, once they're rejected, I'll, I'll, I'll start logging. I'll start now that I know there's interest. I'll start. We'll have a, a, a Sarah, a, dis, a Sarah disapproved list. <laughs> a running yeah. disapproved list. Yeah. I, 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 uh, there, we, we, we have got some suggestions from some extended family of Sarah's oh. that uh, are, are going to be in my, uh, in my loaded in my, uh, uh, your queue. Uh, what do you want to call? It? What is it called? In the queue, or the holster, or the loaded in oh, the gun, or I don't in the know barrel. Put it locked but and loaded in the barrel down the yeah, locked and loaded. Uh, but uh, and one one was a good suggestion. Oh, just so one. I, I think it, it, <laughs> just one. We pick movie. We pick movie movies. You know what are you talking like, about? We, we pick George of we the Jungle. Movie right. At Sarah's suggestion. How about Ice that Age? was a Sarah's suggestion. Ice Age. But, but I, I mean, maybe I pick movie movies. You do pick movie movies. I pick movie movies. I pick movie movies. And what I mean by a movie movie is a movie lover's movie, right? Like, if you like movies, you like this movie. And so, but uh, there was a suggestion by her sister-in-law that I think we need to do. And I'm, I'm not going to yeah, don't, don't, don't put it out there don't yet, spoil. but... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But anyway, anyway, this is we're, we're off topic, uh, and uh, I can see the boss looking over my shoulder. So, Ricky, uh, <laughs> Office Space, what's it about? All right. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of things that this movie is about. Obviously, um, some of the themes that I pulled out were like corporate apathy, life dissatisfaction, hustle culture, business ethics, work life balance, that whole vibe. 
Um, but like at the end of the day, when I watch this movie, what I really get out of it and what like I the journey I go through with the character is an idea of finding ways to make space for your own happiness. And in doing so, life will begin to flow easier. Um, mm. And so, you know, because like this film is not about like chasing your dream. Because the thing I think that's what what's really cool about this movie is, and that's different from a lot of other like workplace dissatisfaction films. It's like, oh, I'm in a job I don't like because yeah. I have a dream of of something bigger, and I'm gonna chase that dream. What's so cool about this movie is that Peter does not have a larger ambition. His only want in life is yeah. to enjoy his life. He just wants to enjoy his life. Do yeah. nothing. He wants to find a he way to to, to to have, you know, enjoy the things that he likes, be with his friends, be with the people he loves, you know. Find a find a freedom that allows him to exist and enjoy himself. Um and so this movie is a lot about that because we even see like with the side characters with Michael with Michael and Samir, it's not like they go on to like live like glamorous lives. They they actually enjoy programming. They actually enjoy doing what they do. They actually like that stuff. It's just where they're working, who they're working for, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And so like they seem ha- pretty happy yeah. in their new job at a different tech company. So it's like. As long as you're finding ways to make space for yourself to be happy, life will kind of just move forward much smoother for you in a lot of ways. You yeah. can find ways to be happy without having to make big moves in that way. And I think that's what I like about this movie. A lot of movies are really hyperbolic and like people have to make large, yeah. large moves and they have to, or they have to make big changes. This movie's like, no, you can make small changes and find ways to be happier. And I think I like that. This movie's pretty realistic yeah, in that Exactly. Regard. It's pretty grounded. So that's uh, for me, making that's making na- that's space nice. for your happiness so that way your life can flow the way you would like it to. It's that's really I think that's really positive. It is and, very positive. Uh it's very positive and a great a great a great we need to come up with a word for it like a, a word for whenever we pull meaning out of a movie mm. uh like this we need to, a great a great a great glean thanks uh, i'll take will. the great glean a great theme glean, glean. Um, i've gleaned it yeah nice thing nice thing glean, bro i work for a glean a, glee, a gleaning <laughs> service i gleaned it <laughs> yeah yeah uh, this is dumb. Side note. Side note. We have a friend that's in this movie. We do. I mean, pretty much. Not the re- like, uh, almost exact uh, personality. Oh, you talking about? Okay. Copy. Again, we. I didn't redact the names last time we did names, but like, I might this time. Are you talking about? Are you talking about? <laughs> oh. No, no, no. Okay. No. I'm talking about Keely. Oh yeah, Keeling is in this he's, movie. He's, yeah, <laughs> dude. Show her my. Well, we need to show have, her my O face. I, I, oh. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we've talked about Keeling enough on this podcast that he needs to be oh, on. Of course, he has because, to be on here at some point. Yeah, yeah. I shudder. Yeah, I yeah, shudder like to think is, what movie he would bring in. Shudder. Yeah, he. 
he it, it probably wouldn't be a movie it'd probably be like a, a documentary <laughs> or something like that <laughs> we did already watch hollywood boulevard so like how much worse could it be yeah yeah but i mean that his next door neighbor is totally our friend keeling exactly uh, like other than he has a lot of a mullet I mean, diedrich bader that, plays that character but... perfectly he's so good at those types of characters yeah yeah hey peter turn yeah. on channel 39 <laughs> It's the breast exam again. <laughs> Thought you'd want to see it. <laughs> that 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 crap, man, is like, yeah, it's so good. Um, that's so real. Like, that's okay. Hold on, I gotta say, I gotta say my piece, and then we gotta talk yes. about things. Um, I did not. I don't think I came away. It, it honestly took me a little bit to figure out what I think this mm-hmm. movie's about, um, because it's kind of like it's confusing mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, because the way it's like set up to end and then the way it mm-hmm. does end is kind of c- a little com- uh, mm-hmm. conflicting, uh, I think. Um, so I think this movie is about um, work is always going to suck. So find a job that you don't hate. <laughs> like That's... that's- oh. Yes, like I think that's a more pessimistic way of phrasing kind of what I'm saying. It's like you need to find the thing that's not going to make you hate your life so you can at least yeah. enjoy it a little. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, because, like, at the end, you know, the main characters, other than Milton, they don't they don't get what they want. They don't have a happy ending, you know, like, necessarily. They still have to go back to work, and they don't, you know – and most of them go back to the same job, essentially. But the main character starts to, to work construction with his buddy. You know what I mean? And he enjoys that way more than... It's still hard work, you know? Like, construction's mm-hmm. rough, man. Like, it's one of the hardest jobs out there. But I I relate a lot to this concept. Um, because, like, I... You know, I'm, I'm a creative. I want to... You know, I, what I want to do is one thing. What I get to do is another thing. You know what I mean? Like, this is great because I get to have this outlet. But um, but I'm a, I'm a waiter, you know? Like, I, I wait tables at a nice restaurant. And I make pretty good money doing it. Not great money, but good enough that, um, you know, I can pay my bills and, and, and go on vacation. Um, but it's taken me – it's taken me 10 years plus to get to a place where I don't hate it. And a lot of it has to do with uh, where I'm doing it, who I'm doing it with. And, uh, you know, if you work in the wrong environment, you're going to hate your life. You know what I mean? But, like, I have made choices. Like, I I can't – truthfully, like, it's going to be really hard for me to find a different type of job and make make the same amount of money because I I work in high-end service. So, like – if I wanted to, I could make six figures as a waiter. Um, but that's miserable. Like that's like you're wearing a white coat every day and that's, you know, you work six nights a week and you're treated like absolute garbage by very, very, very rich people. Instead, I have chosen a job where I don't have to wear a uniform. I can show up in anything I want. I work with people my age who are cool, who are like me, who are also creative. 
and I get to like learn about and serve awesome food every day. Like I learn, I've learned so much about cooking in the last year just from this job because because the menu uh, at my restaurant, which is Margaret Cafe and Bar, shout out, shout out, um, shout out to, in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, the menu changes every single day, so like it's different than any service job I've ever had because I have to like know what they're doing to the dish without ever trying it. And so it's been very educational in that way, which I, I really enjoy food. So, uh, so that's cool. So it's like, I enjoy my job. It's not like, it's not what I want to be doing really. It's still work, but I don't want to kill myself when I go to work. I enjoy being there and I enjoy doing it. And, uh, I enjoy the, like, I can't imagine sitting in front of a computer all day that I would, I, I'm, I need to move. I need to be mobile. I need to be doing things with physically. Like I, 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 I if I had to sit in front of a computer all day, I would go crazy. I know. I like, I know it a hundred percent. So that's why, I, that's, that's why I think that this movie is about just find a job you don't hate, you know, because yeah. You don't want to burn down the office. <laughs> the greatest place to go. <laughs> uh, I, I totally agree with you. So, like, me and you are in similar boats here in that I don't work in the service industry. I don't work in the, the, you know, the food service industry. But I've worked in the early childhood development field since I left college. So for eight years now. Yeah. I've worked at the same company for eight years, but across three different locations and four different yeah. bosses. So I totally understand what you're saying. It's not always about what you're doing. Because honestly, like, I like working at this company. I I don't think I want to specifically shout it out uh, just because I I may be talking a little bit of trash about not the company itself, but about some of my former bosses uh, as this podcast goes on. So I don't want to say specifically where that is. I might have said it in other older episodes. So, like, you probably can figure it out. Um, But whatever. I'm not going to say it here. so I've worked at, again, four, three different locations across four bosses. And I'll say the, the management that you have above you makes a ginormous difference. Like, who, like you said, who you're working with almost matters m- more than what you're doing. Sometimes, not always. Because yeah. I found a job that I like. I love working with kids. I love, I love helping to and like playing with children and helping them grow, especially young children under the age of five. I love it. I love it. They're my favorite thing. One of my favorite things in the whole world. And it's so rewarding to watch yeah. them grow and, and learn. So I love, I love that part, aspect of my job. However, in certain locations that I worked at, I had a boss that did not get along with me, that we were just diametrically opposed human beings in the world. And no matter what I did, I was wrong. You know, I'd come in and I would do my job and I thought I was doing really good, good work. I thought my, my, my numbers were high. My conversion rates were good. My customer satisfaction was great. My connections with my families were great. I thought that was what I was supposed to do. <laughs> come to get my, my uh, performance review after the first year of working at this location. And my boss literally said that I was the weakest link on the team. Even though, wow. even though wow. I had the highest class enrollment, I had the highest conversion rate, and I had 
I also worked the most hours and 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 covered the most people. So like I supported other people. Was this? Go ahead. Was this particular one a franchise or was it a? Yeah, they're all they're all franchised. Or was it like part of? Uh, they're all franchised. Um, this one was. I was gonna say maybe they. Go ahead. I was gonna say maybe they were threatened. Like they were threatened that you might take their job. Oh, like no, this was the owner of of the. She was the owner and manager. Oh, that's so. Weird. I, there's no way I could have taken her job. That's really weird then. Um, well, none of the other employees had problems with me. It was this: the manager and owner did not like me. He did not like what I. I don't know. It was really weird. Uh, uh, like, you know, I was trained at a different location. Not to mention, I had had three years of early childhood development experience from college. So like I came in with a lot of knowledge, with a lot of already kind of learned ways of doing the job, right? And how to do it well. Yeah. And so like three years from college and then another like a year and a half to two years before moving to this location. So like I thought I knew how to do the job and they hired me like right on the bat. Like I came in and interviewed and like you're, I was like working within like that week. So like – so it was weird to me that like this, this, my owner and my boss would come up to me and, and just criticize me for like getting too close to the, getting too close with the families, being like too personable with the families. Or honestly, the thing that bothered me the most is she would just critique me just to critique me, just like put me down. Kind of like in this movie, she would come over just to specifically take me down a peg. For example, at this, at this uh, company I work at, we have our own brand of bubbles. Like we have our own bubble formula that we that we make and sell, so it's our brand, um, and they're not made with like soap or detergent. They're actually made with like a a glycerin base, so it's like a, a more of like almost like a, a gluteny type of base, um, and it's very safe for children, like in pets. So like if they swallow them or eat them, it won't hurt them. It's very safe. So like they're they're it's glycerin, which is like a sweetener. So some people, some locations choose to call them sugar bubbles even though they're not like sucrose, which is like table sugar. It's not sucrose. It's not sticky in that way. It's like, it's not, you're not going to get ants. It's not that kind of sugar, Yeah. but some locations choose to call them sugar bubbles. Other locations choose to call them glycerin bubbles, you know, or, you know, have a glycerin base. Like we have, there are two phrases that we like bounce between either they're sugar bubbles or they have a, they have a glycerin base, which is, you know, to let grownups know that they're safe for their children. You know, even if they like, Children love to catch the bubbles with their mouth. It's like very common. So it's like, it's fine. They're not going to get sick. It's perfectly safe. So I came in and like, I would do the whole spiel when I do the bubbles for families. I'd be like, oh, the sugar bubble, the sugar based bubbles, like they're very safe for kids. And then I remember my boss came over to me once. I was like, hey, don't, don't, don't call them sugar based bubbles. It makes people think of ants in their house. I was like, I was like, okay, I won't like, would you, she's like, call them glycerin based. I was like, okay, that's what I'll do. So I started doing that instead. I was like, okay, I'll call them glycerin based. It's your preference, your business. It's your preference. So I was like, okay. So I started doing that. With I would kid you not, maybe like two weeks later. Hey, don't call them glycerin based bubbles. It makes people think that they're full of chemicals. Call them sugar bubbles. She just would do that stuff to me constantly. Just change exactly what she said yeah. to the opposite thing, just so she could like kick kick my shins. You know. Yeah. It was so frustrating. So frustrating, man. I can think of one time, and then we can move on and keep talking about the movie here. One time, I was in a show in Chicago. I was in a play, and I took maybe like 
one day off, one like one or two days. And I, you know me, I never take days off. I never get sick. I never take vacation. Right. I never ask for days off ever. Not only that, I cover for people constantly. So like, this is a very rare occurrence for me to take off a couple of days. But I did take off a couple of days, and so I was trying to make up a couple of shifts. And so like months ahead of time, the music teacher was like, "Oh, I'm gonna be out of town this day. Would you like to cover my music class?" And I was like, "Yes." We had agreed upon that a month in advance, and I was on the schedule. I came in on that day to work that shift and there was another teacher already yeah. there to teach it. And then when I asked my boss afterwards, she had said that she had given that shift away, but didn't tell me that she had taken the shift away from me. And her reasoning was because she said she had overheard that I don't lesson plan, which isn't true. I've lesson planned all those lesson plans before because I've done them for years. So I didn't have to redo the lesson yeah. plan. I didn't have to have my lesson plan out in front of me to know what to do. Because I've done it so many times. So somehow through like a weird yeah. grapevine whisper network, it got back to her that I don't lesson plan. She's like, well, we want to give the, the shifts to the teachers that actually do their job. Uh, and I was like, hold the freaking phone. <laughs> if you would have come up and talked to me about that, I would have explained what I was, what I meant. You know what I mean? That I can show you that I have the lesson plan. I just don't have it out in front of me because at other places I've worked, at other gym, I almost said the, I almost said the company, at other locations I've worked at, <laughs> at other locations I've worked at, they don't like it when you have the lesson plan out in front of you. They don't want you to like be there like reading the lesson plan. Yeah. They want you to just know it. And so like I memorize them, I know them. So like I don't have it out, but if I get stuck or if I forget something, it's it's around. Like I don't just like not have it. Right. But like if you had talked to me about that, I would have explained. I would have showed you. It so just to, to your point, it's not always about what you're doing. Sometimes it's about who's your who is your superior, and who are you working with. Yeah, man, and I think this is like so. I think. Maybe I'm changing my. I, I guess we're 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 gonna dive in a little bit let's, more here. Let's dive in, baby. Uh, um. So, so uh, as a second pass, second analysis, like there's. So the use of gangster rap in this movie, I love it. Is some of the, the best. It's the use of the best use of rap in a film, maybe. Ever. Can you believe like, this deal was like, don't do it? <laughs> yeah. Dumb. No, but. Like it, it's it's incredible, and I think it's really important. Um, I think it's really important and genius, because because it's a reflection of the man, right? Like it, 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 with with African American cultures, is the white man and like the white patriarchy, and like it's like what we're talking about here is your superior and how your superior in terms of like. I gotta be. I, I want to make sure I say this the right way. Like, like how authority. I guess superior was an awful word to use. There. That's not well, what I I, mean. In a work, here's the thing. In a workplace, like, yeah, that's no, I understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Authority, like how authority treats you, right? And where and where that authority gets its power. Um. Uh. So. Like, 
so, and I think, I think, I think African-American culture has been oppressed for a really long time. Uh, and so I think this music has the weight behind it for, for people who are oppressed. And so, but the truth is, and I think this is very relevant. Uh, I mean, we just had a, another mass shooting, uh, day after the 4th of July or day of 4th mm-hmm. of July, you know, that we're, we're in, two days in one after. of our old neighborhoods even. And it's like, yeah, yeah. And it's, I think within corporate America and the workforce, we have reached a level of oppression and, uh, just like authority abusing its power that is causing our society to break down. I, I, I genuinely think that, and, and it's not just in our, it's not just in, um, in the, the corporate workplace. It's, it's also in our schools, you know, it's, it's people are not free to be people. They have to be a cog in the wheel and the cog in the machine. Um, and, uh, and, and I think a lot of these people that are doing these shootings and things like that, they're just, they're outraged. They're so angry because they don't feel like they can do anything, but what the world has told them they have to, you know, and they haven't figured out how to like, how to make that happiness, happiness, the space for happiness for themselves, hmm. you know, um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people will point out that people are doing this are, are straight white mm-hmm. men, right? And I think the reason that is, is because straight white men have created this uh, mold, this template for what you're supposed to be in society. And if you're a straight white man and you can't live up to that, that's like the worst thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like you have you have this thing you're supposed to be this rigid expectation of who you are supposed to be. And then you can't fit that mold. So what are you? And now, now even like more so like if you don't fit that mold, then you, you, there are alternative and extreme pockets that people put you in and you can lean into those. You know what I mean? Like a right wing extremist or, you know, they're new, there's new, and I would say, violent identities that if you're not this thing, you got to be this thing. Oh, you're, oh, you're a straight white male. You're probably an incel. You know what I mean? Like if, if, if you're a nerd, you're probably an incel. And so then you have a self-fulfilling prophecy that you can never get laid, mm. you know, like, like, so of course you're outraged, mm. you know? And in this so, movie to a, to a less extremist extent, we see that with like Michael Bolton's character, like, because he's, his name yeah. is Michael Bolton. People are constantly talking about the singer Michael Bolton to him and assuming that he is related to like who who would give their like the same exact name to somebody who they were related to. I mean, like 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 unless he was like his son, like it's like, oh, that's my cousin. Yeah. My parents decided they also named me Michael Bolton after my cousin. Like, no, like that's silly. <laughs> and then like to assume that he would love Michael Bolton just because they have the same name. He's put in that box. And like you said, it, he yeah. hates it. He hates it. He hates being in that box yeah. just because of his name. 
and like that again that's to a, a more silly less extreme extent but you're but you're right it's people like to put people in boxes especially in the corporate world or you know in in honestly any world but like you're right people like to categorize and make assumptions because it's easier than to move through the world if you think you have people sorted into a particular thing um yeah and i guess i, I just to like i guess like maybe simplify what i said it's like straight white men don't know who they are if they don't fit if they don't fit the mold you know and uh and i think that's where a lot of this rage is coming from and like i think i think this movie really really does a great job of showing that oh yeah in in both Um, peter and milton peter peter to a to a more like chill extent like we do see peter get upset and he does commit corporate theft and fraud (laughs) um but milton it's highly uh uh implied that milton burned down (laughs) and (laughs) highly implied we don't know for sure but yeah (laughs) i can burn the building down and 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 honestly with the way we see like (laughs) Peter gets treated one way, which is like really frustrating and annoying for him, which I totally get. Milton gets straight up abused. Just like and and yeah. and crazy is even after they like like uh Lumberg finds out that that Milton was fired years ago and they just stopped are gonna stop paying him, instead of like just telling him to leave, he just keeps messing with him. He just keeps pushing him yeah. for just because, for his own his because, own ego. Because power, there's people that enjoy power and enjoy putting people down, you know? And like, that's, that's really where, that's really where the difference between a good leader and a bad leader, you know, Um, is, is, is someone who leads by example or someone who wants power. I think that's the difference. Um, I've worked for both, you know? And, and there's also this culture of, if you want to be a leader, you have to use your power in a negative way. Like, like almost like a hazing. You have to put people in their place. Yeah. To keep people in their place. I mean, the service industry, the chef position in the service industry is one of the most toxic positions in all of like work, the workforce. Um, you know, like, I think the service industry is a weird one. It, it, it eludes some of the corporatism, but it maintains kind of toxic family relationships. Like that's, that's the way it work come, mm-hmm. kind of comes out like, oh, this is a family. So you have to do this cause it's mm-hmm. a family, you know, as opposed to like, oh, it's your job. Like it is your job, but like that they, they abuse you via your heartstrings in a different way it's like it's like but the chef position you know i've worked for some chefs this my current chef is the best chef i've ever worked for um both of them the the executive chef and the owner uh i would say are the best chefs i've ever worked for um specifically hadley long is is an incredibly kind and uh emotionally understanding human being which um He's the executive chef at Margot, which is like the last 
thing a chef is everywhere else. So like, like everywhere else, a chef is a tyrant. Uh, I've had chefs throw plates at my head, you know, like there is this, like, I am the king. I know what's best and I will destroy you if you're in my way. Like that is, that is the mindset of mm. chefs. Um, which is totally toxic. And it's like, it kind of comes from a military background, I think. Um, I don't know why, but like, it, it is this like, like military militant. Um, I will yell at you kind of abusive mm. world. Um, no, I totally get it, man. But, I totally get what you're saying. It, 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 there's a, there's a way that people wield their power over others. And, and a lot of the time it's not very rarely is it positively, you know? Um, yeah. And it, 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 they find different ways of, of manipulating you, whether that is fear based, like you're, you're going to get fired type stuff, fear tactics, whether that's people, people think that is the only way to control. Some people think the only way to control people is mm -hmm. through fear. And uh, I think the majority of, uh, in terms of U.S. management, mostly, uh, that's their tactic: is you ha you have to fear me, and you know, and if it's not fear, it's 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 subtle manipulation. Like like we we have gone through, and are starting to come out of this movement of like the hustle movement, like the hustle mentality, right? Like for a long yeah. time in like the like mid two thousands to like to like now, like it's like if you work really, really hard, if you grind, if you bust it out, there's more there's more money to be made and you'll and you can succeed if you just work harder than everybody else. Right? That's the the American right. dream. Outwork everybody. The American dream. And and to the yeah. extent that, that sometimes that can be true. Sometimes hard work isn't really is really important. But also that's a way of like corporations getting more out of you. Making you think that I have to work harder in order to succeed, right? When truthfully, they're benefiting way more from your hard work than you are. You know, all it's doing is and it, and wrecking your health, wrecking your mental health. You know, taking taking time away from you to put more money in their pocket. And we're seeing in America that even the people that worked really hard had great connections. Usually, mm -hmm. you know, like they like yeah. You, you, you can work really, really hard and you might get somewhere, but if you really want to do well, you have to work really hard and you have to mm -hmm. know people, you know, like it's, it's all, uh, uh, what's the word it's in incestuous, but it's not, it's like, uh, it's, it's the actual corporate word. What is it? Uh, oh, um, nepotism. Uh, nepotism. It's all nepotism, you know, like everybody, like to get into anywhere, you, any industry, really and be successful you have to you have to know people and i've you said this be before let, like you have to be the let in thing, the door yeah yeah there's gatekeepers and like i've said this before i think on this podcast but <laughs> the best advice i can give anybody in terms of the workforce is learn to learn how to drink with your boss you know like like that like that's the most valuable workforce thing I've ever learned because I, every time I got a promotion it was because my boss and I were talking when he was, when they were, when they were drinking. 
you know, know what so we see I, that in this movie a little bit you know when uh when uh peter goes to talk to the bobs for the first time like he like is very yeah. casual he's very flippant but he kind of is a he's a straight yeah. shooter and they like him and because they like him they start to just yeah. hang out with him out of nowhere like he's like i got i got a I got a meeting with the Bobs. And he's like, oh, I wasn't aware that you had a meeting. He's like, yeah, they called me at home. Uh, I'll see you later. Like, he just has a good relationship with these, like, corporate consultants that have power over the whole the whole company at yeah. this point. And they just like him. And so they give him a promotion, even though he knows he doesn't deserve it. He has not earned a promotion. He, they just well, like him. And and it says something about what management material, management material is, is someone who is not um, – who actually breaks the rules, you know, like somebody who, who does not submit to the entirety of the corporate mindset, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like somebody that's above it and can, and no, and like, it's like, it's almost like if you totally submit to it, then you're going to be a low P. Well, that forever. like, like Milton, but if you, right. Yeah. Milton just gets his yeah. literally yeah. gets pushed around <laughs> by everybody constantly getting, getting, mistreated and like left out like with the we see with the cake like he's like last time i didn't get any cake and like don't be selfish milton and so they bully him into like sharing and who's yeah. the one person that doesn't get any cake milton and then yeah. it he's the one that has yeah. to move his, I mean, his 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 office his uh his desk he has to move his desk four five six times they take his stapler seth they take his yeah. stapler yeah. how could they do that the horror um but i mean that that and this is why i can't do a corporate job um i'm i'm actually like if you give me rules i'm really good at following rules like like it's I, a I very strange why, humble brag like, i'm well it's it's like i i hate rules but because i don't know like I don't give myself a lot of structure in life. So if you give me a structure to follow, I can follow it to the T. I can follow, I can very much follow rules, um, which is why I buck them so hard. Like if I don't have to be given a rules, um, like mm. template in a workplace, I enjoy that so much more because I, I am this kind of peon mm. mindset. Like I will follow all the rules. Which doesn't get you. Anything, oh yeah. Which you know sad. me. I'm a rule follower. Um, yeah, I'm very yeah. much a rule follower. Um, yeah. To the point where I I make up um, rules to follow the rules better. <laughs> yeah. In my head, yeah. I have a rule that makes me follow that rule better. Yeah. Totally get it. And but this is why this is why I can't. I, I this is why I can't work in a corporate environment because like I ha because I'm like OCD or something. I have to follow the rules, right? But I'm also socially aware enough to be able to see, like, that all are the rules bullshit. are yeah. bullshit, and the people that are in charge just use those rules when they right. feel like oh, like the whole TPS you know? report. Like, it's like okay, you know, we're recruit, we're including yeah. a cover, the cover sheet with the TPS reports. Now, did you not get the memo? I'll get you another memo. It's like I got it. Like I forgot. Like it's like I know. Like, but what's like, what's the difference between the cover letter being there and the cover letter not being there, or like him just bringing it over afterward? You know what I mean? Like, like there's it's yeah. it's a pointless differentiation. It's arbitrary. Arbitrary. Yeah. It's, it's all arbitrary. And. And it's, it, 
it's a way to just like <clears throat> evoke your power when you see when you mm-hmm. when you need to, you know. Um, which I something that I don't deal well with is unjustified authority and criticism when it comes from a position of abuse, mm. like like bullying and uh, like I am I. I don't like authority mm-hmm. very much. So if I respect you as an authority figure, I will do whatever you ask. But if I don't respect you as an authority figure, it's we're going to have some mm-hmm. problems. Yeah. You know. Um so I've chosen a a workplace where I kind of get to be my I I get to express myself the way I want to express myself. Um I respect my my bosses, you know, because they are people who know how to like that. I, that's one good thing about kind of a restaurant environment and this whole family um, mindset is it allows you to know the people a mm-hmm. lot more thoroughly um, as people. Um, it, there's still stuff. I'm not saying there's not, but it's much more mm-hmm. human when it's a mom and pop restaurant as opposed to like, a giant corporate entity where people can hide behind uh, invisible faces and uh, mm. policy to put you in your place. You know what I mean? Instead of having a conversation mm. with you. And and I think this movie does such a great job of capturing that idea of like it's sometimes it's not it's not what you're doing. It's not what you're doing. Like we see it with three of the main characters. Like they go to to a job that's very similar if not exactly the same as the job they had before and yet they seem happier when we see joanna come out of flangers as opposed to tchotchkes she has a smile on her face she seems to be it's not that she you know it's not that that she has a way better job and her life's gonna be so much better it's just a small difference can just make a small change can make a big difference you know uh, and now that yeah. she just doesn't have that that oppressive boss that's in her face, and she doesn't have to wear that flare, she can just be her, go to work, be herself, leave, and not have to worry about it. She she doesn't have to come into work yeah. like like on edge anymore, and that makes a huge difference. And then it's the same for Samir and Michael. They found a different place that they seem to like better, maybe it's ran better, and that makes a huge difference. And then we have someone like like yeah. Peter who had to make a bigger change, had to get further away. And it's not, you're right. Like construction work is not easy. And I'm sure like right now he's in like a little bit of a honeymoon phase of like, oh, I like this difference in job. And But like time will go on and he'll get yeah. annoyed and he'll get disillusioned with that job too. But hopefully he's made room for Joanna and his friends. And time with time with Lawrence yeah. on the weekends, and you know time to hang out and watch kung fu. Like hopefully he like this new job has given him that space, and to not because the whole movie is like based on this idea that he goes to his hypnotherapist. This hypnotherapist is supposed to like help him, and really what the hypnotherapist does is just allow him to relax, relax. Yeah. Don't don't take this pressure so seriously because it, it doesn't matter. You can walk into that job, not do your job, get fired or not get fired, and you'll be okay. You know, I 
I have been in that mindset that he is in in this movie. Uh, at the, like when he goes into the hip, hypnotic mm-hmm. trance version of himself. Uh, when I left Chicago, that's where I was. Like I was when I went to LA. <laughs> I was like, I'm just not going to get a job. <laughs> I'm just going to do what I want, you know, uh, which doesn't really work long term. It does not. I went into I went into about eighteen thousand dollars of credit card debt. Oh, God. And we've recovered. Yeah. We've recovered. Uh, moves Woo! have been made, thankfully. But uh, I mean, but that's where you can get to. You know what I mean? Like, that's like how an oppressive work an oppressive work environment like that can Completely make you like out. Exactly. dissociate you know like it's like you either you either do what milton does or you do what uh well that's the uh, whole like whole like back like, in the like, day i remember like there was a whole term about what milton does it's called going postal right like basically like yeah. because postal workers yeah because they were of their work conditions and the way yeah. they're being treated like like and that's like became like a weird like semi joke about people would say like you're going postal and it's like it's because of things exactly like what's going on in this movie where like they're being treated so badly that they are snapping and some people associate and give up and other people snap so here's another theme glean okay which i mean is relevant which is relevant um to today uh it's like so really what Mike Judge is saying is, okay, there's two there's two things. You can either accept work sucks and maybe find a job that you, can, that you yeah. don't hate and do that. Or the only way to enact real change is to burn it all <laughs> down. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's true. I mean, like, that's where we're at. I think that's where we're at in our society, you know? And... Uh, we have to decide if we're going to like try to like grow as people or we have to restart the mm-hmm. system, you know? Um, and I mean, that's scary to think, but like the systems we have put into place are abusive. Yeah. Purposefully so. And yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, like I have never been more fearful of like another civil war until now like like it feels like our our culture feels so split and so forced into two two pockets um that it just feels like unless something happens like it's just gonna get worse you know and uh I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, dude. It's, it's, it's wild. And like, even being someone who tries to like see both sides of the issue, like I can feel myself being pocketed for having mm-hmm. opinions and like, like, I don't want to be pushed to a, another side. I don't want to be, I don't want to be forced to cross the line, but immediately I am, I, you know, I am pocketed as this thing. As soon as you learn what I think about mm-hmm. one thing. And I don't think that's cool. I don't think that's right. I mean, the whole point of politics is to have a conversation, you know, and to compromise continuously, Hmm. you know? And I just think, I think our political systems are just like these workforce systems, Hmm. you know, like 
like they are abusive authoritarians because because power corrupts inevitably right so um i don't i don't know that i don't know if i have the answers or the solutions but i mean that's what my well, i absolutely saying, don't have any answers like, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 it it but in 99, in 1999, I think the idea of, look, like, maybe you just need to change an environment. Maybe you just need to, maybe you just need to make a small change. Maybe you just need to, like, breathe through it and find other things that satisfy your life. Like, honestly, like, a few years ago, that's what I would have said is, like, the way to do things. It's like, hey, like, find a job that gives you the freedom to do the things that you that you want or like to find the smaller things in life that, that bring happiness. And that, but yeah. in today's political culture and in today's like workplace culture, that things just keep getting worse unless, unless like you said, unless something big changes the system. And so like, yeah. well, I mean like we're seeing this, like work culture is still only going to get worse right now because of, because of the political systems, basically, like, like money is money is scary right now. Like, like I, I have never been one to be caught up in finances or, or things like that. But like, where we're at on this like real estate bubble, interest rates going up to five percent, like inflation being what it is, but the housing market being what it is, like, it's it's wild, man. Like, like my sister right now is moving in. She just had a baby. Uh, her, her husband, her husband makes, I don't know if he makes six figure, but he makes close. Okay. And she was uh, a teacher and had a, her own salary. So they wanted to buy a house. And the way things are right now, they cannot afford the like a house in, in their needs. Like, like, within their needs uh, at all. So it's like they have to move in with my parents to save money before they can buy a house, which is like mind-blowing to think that that is the case. Dude, my sister is going through the same thing. I mean, my sister just got a job in Vegas. Um, They're supposed to be moving this month, and they have been unable to find a house. And Vegas is one of the, like, cheapest Mm -hmm. places to live. It's so cheap. And it's not only that, it's very competitive. Like they, they found a house that they liked by the time they decided to put in an offer, which was only like a couple hours later, it already, it already been first come first serve taken. Like it's, it's the housing market right now is in freaking insane, insane. The, the, and so, so you're working now in this economy and you're not making enough money. You're making the same money you were making, but it's not enough anymore, you know? And so like people are going to get more and more frustrated and, and there will people, there will be people that try to burn it down. You know what I mean? And so that's, that's horrifying. Um, I mean, especially now with this like anti, anti-work culture movement, like as much as like there will, there will be peaceful advocates. There's always violent mm. advocates. It's the Martin so, Luther King versus Malcolm X. Yeah. <laughs> way of looking yeah, at things exactly um yeah uh go ahead. No, I, 
This movie is very relevant. I think this movie. It's become much more relevant relevant in recent years for sure. Yeah. Um, I just want to ask you real quick, just on the basis of business ethics, before we full wrap this up, um, do you think what they do is wrong? Is what Samir, Peter, and Michael do? Do you, you know, skimming these like fractions of the sense that are going to get rounded down anyway? Do you think this like corporate theft that they're doing? Do you think it's morally wrong? I do. Okay. Uh, I I think I think um, exploiting the system like that and then keeping the money for yourself is wrong. Now, if there was a way to like like if like if the company was doing it, taking these fractions of a cent, and then like putting that money to, into oh into like a bonus salary fund or to like a, a something like that. Yeah. Oh man, that's a good yeah, idea. Like Why didn't they suggest cool. that? <laughs> I don't think they can do that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's uh, you know, I mean, I mean, ethically, like the corporation probably deserves it, but I don't like. We're getting into like, who are you to be the one? Right, kind of like what we were talking about with Bruges, like you know. where who who's morally yeah. in the right to judge things in that way. Um, what about like? It's not. It's not so much. It's not so much. Like, it's not so much that that you're taking the company; it's that the rest of the employees aren't receiving any benefit mm. from what you're doing. Gotcha. So, like, why are you the one that gets to? What to about receive? like using the printer at work for personal things? Is that how do you feel about that business ethics wise? I mean, I think if you're making a copy of something, I don't think that's a big deal. Mm. You know. Uh, I think printing off 300 uh, posters for your comedy show might, you know, that's a little like, again, it's like, what are you taking from the company that other people aren't Mm -hmm. getting? Like, you know, so it's like, if you do that, then everybody, then everybody should be able to do that. And that's not the case. If everybody did that. You're saying there's a threshold. There would be no paper. Yeah. I mean, like, have another donut, you know, <laughs> like, I don't think that's a problem, but like, if somebody didn't get a donut, make sure that person got a donut, mm-hmm. you know, like this is, and this is the, and like, this is where we're, I mean, honestly, we're talking about political. Yeah. Systems, it's like, it's like, com- it's almost like capitalism versus communism versus socialism. Right. Yeah. But here's the deal, man. Like, this is where it gets really confusing and hard. Like, like, and I, again, like, so socialism is the best government if it's not ran by people. <laughs> so like, like you have to like, so like biblically, even like in the Bible, like Jesus was an advocate for mm-hmm. socialism, right? But the thing is, is everybody in the community has an agreed upon set of rules that are outside of humanity. Mm-hmm right so it's led by it's led by a spiritual entity as opposed to uh, a human entity Mm. okay so i i am totally down for socialism in that case but the problem is is people are corrupt yeah and uh will abuse abuse socialism i i've been a part of socialist cultures i'm actually in one now and it's the best one i've ever been in Socialism will work 
in abundance only. If everybody's, if there's abundance of everything, then everybody's happy, even if they're not getting the same amount, more than the same amount. Like as long as you have your, need, your needs a, met, uh, uh, like your yeah, yeah. Well, then you have to establish what what yeah. needs are, and you know, like nobody, not everybody's gonna be happy all the time, whatever. But if, if there's a lot of if there's a lot of wealth and a lot of abundance, then then it's easier for a, a socialism to work. But it's whenever it, whenever you hit a famine, whenever you hit a war, whenever you hit a, a time when resources are are short, immediately all that goes out that, the window, and there's there's so, a, there's a revolution, yeah, there's yeah. a there's a war, there's exploitation. Yes, yes. So, I mean. I think I don't know how I don't know how you fix it. Like I think I think it's got to be like personally I think it has to be a toggle a to, kind of a toggle system. Like I don't know, like you have to be able to switch back and forth from socialism to capitalism. Like capitalism because, is like rebuild rebuilding and socialism is is yeah, is stabilization. Just deconstruct. Yeah, stabilization. So like um you know, I I've worked in socialist environments which were awful. Like Apple mm-hmm. is an awful, like, not, I don't know about the corp- corporate world, uh, but I worked at the Apple store and it is like, definitely some people don't do anything and make the exact same amount of money <laughs> as you. And it's like pretty rough, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I, and, but, but so like in the environment I work, the difference is the environment I work in now is a socialist environment. We pull everything, you know, but there's abundance. Like there's enough tips to go around that we all walk with, you know, $250 every night, which is good money, you know, like, yeah, we could work at a a restaurant in downtown Asheville and pull 700 bucks on a Friday night, but we'll hate our existence and the people we work with and probably, spend all our money on booze coping after we get off work. You know what I mean? So like it's give and take. And I, and I think socialisms can work, like I said, in the right environments, but I, I don't, what were we talking about? Office space. <laughs> well, I yeah, think, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. what we're, what we're getting but at is this movie totally hits a nerve in the way that corporate and even to extent political structures function as far as, power yeah. exploitation um and the way that they they abuse those who have less than them and there are there are ways that people on the bottom can can cope there are ways that you can abu- like uh they like said like there are ways that you can take advantage of the way the system is set up which is like what they do when they create this like virus they, they're taking advantage of a particular way that the system set up poorly system set up bad and so they're taking advantage there are ways that you can do that um there are legal ways that people do that and there are legal ways like there people some people take advantage of of ways systems work in a way that's perfectly legitimate like people might get upset that they're taking advantage of a legitimate uh yeah. uh poorly constructed system but there are legitimate ways to do it and there are there yeah. are ways that yeah. like the film kind of comes to at the end where it's like there are small ways that you can carve out your own way of just maneuvering through the world and be perfectly happy. And cause like not everybody can, can reach for their dreams, right? Like, like 
not everybody can attain what they everything that they want in life. You know, we all have bigger aspirations. Right. We all would want certain things, but sometimes like you got to find what what it is that you can be happiest with. You know, and it might not be the big dream. It might be something some small changes. You know, or you can like you said, you can rebel. You can burn it all down. You yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's my for me like it's it's it has become kind of mindset um like with with like service you know like i said i've positioned myself into a place where i can be myself and you know at the end of the day i i am an entertainer in some ways you know like every every table is an audience and i i have the opportunity to uh like entertain Mm -hmm. them i read i read the person figure out what they want in terms of like yeah, their food, but also the kind of experience they want to have, you know, like, I always like to say, I'm a, I'm a good time waiter, not a nice dinner Mm. waiter. Like I can do the nice dinner thing. I don't enjoy it as much, Mm. you know, like, like I can follow all the rules as a waiter and give you a nice dinner, but I would rather us have a good time. And in order to do that, I got to be allowed to break the rules. You know what I mean? Like, I totally get it, man. I'm the same way. Like I, I'm working with the, you know, five, four or five days a week, sometimes six days a week. I'm, I have an audience of 20 kids every 45 minutes. And like, yeah, yeah I love yeah. to, like you said, a new kid will come in and each kid needs, has different needs as far as like what, how they're going to open up, what they need to like, feel like they can play and they can have fun and they can learn. And so like, yeah, I have an audience of a bunch of babies that I love to entertain. I love to entertain them. It's my, my, you know, if I'm not going to be acting, if I'm not going to be writing, if I'm not going to be performing, that's the next best thing, you know, for me. You're kind of a, cl- you're kind of a clown, oh, bro. Well, the mascot like, of the company is a clown. Yeah. I've worn that clown yeah. suit. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I totally get it, man. Like, I, it, there are ways of finding your outlets that can satisfy you. Even if it's like not the big thing, there are ways. But there comes yeah. a point. There comes a point where that even that ad, is yeah. not enough, um, and things got to change. Um, and in this movie, we saw a little bit of everything. We saw a little bit of acceptance. We saw a little bit of revolution. Um, what's yeah. exactly the right thing? It's hard to say. Um, and and like you said, I think yeah. it, I think no. it changes. Like at any given moment, that what what is the right yeah. thing and what is the thing that needs to happen is is different. I mean, I think I know what's coming, but people will say I have, I'm, you know, conspiracy theory or I just think it's inevitable that we're ran by computers. So like, just take the human factor out of it. We will. Yeah. It'll go to socialism or something like socialism, but instead of it being ran by humans, it's going to be ran by AI. Mm. Well, because That's both simultaneously comforting and scary at the same time. I think it's horrifying because I think that that will destroy humanity, like what humanity is. Um, but I think that's like the route we're on, the current, like we're volunteering for it, it seems like. Well, we're not making a good case for ourselves. Let's just be honest. Yeah. That's yeah. honestly no, what I it mean, is. It's not so much that people want to give our lives over to machines, but it's like, Humans are not making a good case that we're able to govern ourselves in any effective way whatsoever. 
But like yeah. I said, that's a whole different subject. That's not office space. Yeah. <laughs> Today we talked about <laughs> office space and this is where we've come to. Hooray. <laughs> so <laughs> that was, hey, we don't know where we're going to go with any of these conversations ever. This is 100% unplanned and organic conversation. Who knows? But that's where we ended up. Thank you, Seth, for talking about Office Space with me. And thank you all for listening. It's time to talk about what is next. So What's what next? is next? So next week, in honor of its 30th anniversary and because it has a new series coming out in a couple of weeks, we are going to be watching 1992's A League of Their Own. Oh, whoa. I don't yes. think I... I don't think I've ever seen this movie and like cognitively understood it. Cause I was like tiny, tiny, tiny. I like, I know mm-hmm. it was on in the background as a kid, but I don't think I've actually watched this movie consciously. So yeah, it's, it came out about 30 years ago, like in 1992 in, in July of 1992 and it's new uh, Amazon prime series is premiering in, uh, in August. Awesome. Uh, so it's actually kind of like a perfect time to do it, which is odd enough. Uh, just kind of all kind of coincides in that way. If you want to watch uh, A Leave of Their Own with us, you can check it out on Sling TV, FUBU TV, Amazon Prime, Philo, Vudu, YouTube, Google Play, Apple TV, YouTube TV, and Roku. Oh, sorry. It's not available on YouTube TV. Then why list it? Oh, it's on YouTube, though. You can rent it on YouTube, but not YouTube TV and the Roku. Uh, so that is our show for today. That is the What's About Film podcast for today. Uh, Seth, go ahead and shout yourself out. Yeah, you can find me at Seth Adam Crow on Instagram. Uh, that's Crow with an E. Um, and then you can find me at the Birdie Word on Twitter. That's at T H E B R D B. I'm sorry, one more time. T H E B I R D Y W O R D at the Birdie Word on Twitter. And you can find me on my podcast, uh, the Crowcast, on Spotify and Apple Apple uh, Podcasts. That's the Crowcast, one word, T-H-E space C-R-O-W-E-C-A-S-T. That's right. And I am Ricardo Blade Diaz. You can find me at Ricardo Blade Diaz, just like my name is spelled, all one word, on both TikTok and Instagram. You can find the What's It About Film podcast also on Instagram at What's It About Podcast. Uh, and you can also find me and Seth on our Dungeons and Dragons show, which is Character Player. You can find Character Player if you want to watch us play. You can find it on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, if you want to listen to us play, you can also find the podcast versions of all of our episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Again, that is at Character Player. Specifically, if you want to look up Misfits of the Multiverse, you guys can find us there. Thank you all so much for listening. Again, if you want to get involved, let us know what you think of Office Space. Let us know what movies you guys might want us to hear us do and talk about in the future. Uh, and honestly, if you want to be on the What's It About Film podcast, uh, please reach out to us, DM us on Instagram, and we would love to have some guests, some fans, maybe some fan episodes in the yeah. near future would be really, really cool. So reach out to us. Let us know what you guys want to do. Uh, otherwise, we will see you next time. Bye. Adios. Bye.